Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Bustar, and this week we head to Cincinnati, Ohio, and sit down with Darity, a musician whose journey has taken her to many different roads, but has led to an amazing new single, a wonderful and unique sound, and an amazing perspective about the art form. We discuss the world of modern day music making, and I learn what it means to truly live for music. really interested in writing I I guess it didn't it wasn't originally songwriting so I really enjoyed like writing poetry and then I also had a grandma that taught me piano first and then um, in the beginning of high school when I started guitar lessons I had a a uh, guitar teacher that basically was like we're gonna sit here until you write a song (laughs) and he did we sat there for an entire class and he was he was like just write a chord progression like anything and I just kind of was like no I don't know that's not really my thing um and so after a couple of classes of like kind of it being weird I decided to write a song and um, it wasn't awesome, but I really did fall in love with with it pretty immediately. Like it felt a little bit like a bug, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would occasionally write a song um, and then just write a lot of poetry. Uh, I was always a one of those kids who was only half listening in school unless it was English. So um, just a lot of like writing in notebooks during class and such. So I really got into songwriting uh, when I started listening to different kinds of music. Uh, And I found people like Noah Gunderson and... Bob Dylan and uh, Joni Mitchell and these writers that I felt really inspired by. And um, I just wanted to be able to communicate through song as well as they did. So that was kind of the beginning of songwriting for me. And it was very private. I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in playing live until I was asked to be in a worship band and I wanted friends. And so (laughs) I decided to be in this worship band and we ended up being in a band uh, that was outside of that. And uh, I started playing my songs with them and we would write together. And then eventually, you know, high school band kind of disbanded as they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then I started doing my own stuff and kind of just haven't stopped. Nice. How did, um, I guess, that initial period of writing poetry and that, I mean, I think generally speaking, poetry is a very personal thing as far as the context of what you write about, especially when you're younger, you may not be open to discussing it with a ton of people 
very much not, you know, in a public format, at least that's how I sort of viewed, you know, what I would write and stuff. But was it a tough transition to go from writing poetry and sort of trying to make that into songs? Or were the first couple of songs that you wrote very like different from the topics and stuff that you were writing about in your poetry? Um, I, so at first, um, they were very separate. Mm. So I would, I would have, I wrote that song for guitar class and it was just lyrics, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't poetry beforehand. Um, it, I wrote it as a song and then I would kind of, you know, do my own little like moody poetry thing. And over time, I feel like they just kind of morphed together. And now I hardly ever write poetry, you know? Hmm. Um, so, and it's always been, I've always wanted to write personal things uh, and communicate things that maybe you wouldn't naturally talk about with other people in the room. Cause it was kind of a, it's kind of always, music has always been a place of like a lot of permission for me of kind of like all things go. And that's kind of what poetry was for me. So it felt very natural for them to kind of mesh together. And once I fell in love with songwriting, it kind of just disappeared. And my process a lot of the times is, um, I will often write lyrics first. Uh, it just is what kind of comes more naturally to me. Sure. When you say, um, are in the concept of, I'm interested to see like how, I guess the worship band and, you know, religion, was that something that played a role in the music as far as not feeling like, I don't know, were there certain topics that you felt like you needed to talk about and certain topics that you couldn't talk about? And how did that, I guess, play a role in your songwriting and your poetry? Yeah, um, it definitely played a role. Um, I, I never felt drawn to worship music. Um, and that was kind of like a big struggle for me in my earlier years of writing music because I just wanted to write this really sad, moody music. Honestly, I wanted to write about all of the things that I felt like you couldn't talk about in church. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. So uh, things like just, uh, just you know, grappling with like internal darkness and, um, maybe like, uh, venting frustration or hurt, um, or even just, uh, you know, wrestling with faith, you know, mm. just, uh, doubt that as a high schooler, I wasn't even sure was okay, you know? Sure. So it definitely played a role. Um, I, I don't think that, 
I I don't think that I had an especially like damaging experience with the church, uh, but I definitely am not really drawn towards writing worship music. Um, it feels like an exercise or something that I could help someone else do, but as far as doing it myself, it doesn't come naturally at all. Uh, what does come naturally, and I do think this is kind of rooted in my faith, is that uh, wanting to uh, put glimmers of hope in my songs, you know, talk about these dark things, and occasionally I will write a song where it starts pretty dark and then it ends in a lighter place. I think that definitely comes from just hope and faith. And um, I think I owe that perspective kind of to my upbringing, which in a lot of ways is good most of the time, as long as it doesn't make me feel like my feelings aren't valid, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No, definitely. A hundred percent. And as far as like growing up, did you grow up in Ohio? Is that where you were born and raised? And Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Cincinnati, lived in like different suburbs of Cincinnati kind of my whole life. So, uh, yeah, and then I eventually moved to Memphis, Tennessee to go to school for songwriting. Wow. How was that? And what did you say? I said, how was that? It must have been a major, you know, difference or whole different world. Man, yeah, living in Memphis really opened my eyes up in a really good way, but also a really hard way. You know what I mean? Just um, it's like deep Southern culture. So, uh, I wasn't used to kind of there being so much talk about like racial injustice and different topics like that. And not that, uh, that upset me or anything. It just was, uh, it like I'm really grateful for my time in Memphis because of that, because I, I think that I, I just learned so much about people there. And um, as far as music is concerned, I didn't graduate with a degree. Uh, I dropped out for a number of reasons, but um, Going to school for songwriting really helped me figure out why I was writing songs in the first place, which I'm really grateful for um, because I think that that's not always something that people even have really thought about thoroughly. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and then I just learned a lot of discipline in college, you know, just we wrote a song every week and we talked about it. I learned a lot about um, how to critique other people's art in a respectful way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think I went into college being pretty pretentious, <laughs> you know, like an 18 year old that uh, was so anti everything pop 
you know, and I went in and learned a lot of value uh, in in all different kinds of music. And so it was really it was really powerful for me. I didn't finish, but I am like really grateful for the time there. And I just met so many cool people. You know, most of the people in my band are in Memphis. So I actually am there quite often, at least before COVID. Um, And every time I go back there, it feels like going back home a little bit, which is kind of cool. When I lived in Memphis, I did not feel like it was home. But going back there and being with people, it feels more like that. Yeah. Wow. When did, um, I'm curious, so you went to music school and everything. From that period of time initially with your... uh, you know, your high school teacher asking you to write a song and you not necessarily being super into it from that period of time to you deciding to go to music school and everything. Was there a sort of switch in your mind where you wanted to be a musician and wanted to make your life all about music? And I guess what was your dreams or aspirations before that? You know, I... My dreams and aspirations before music were nothing of significance. I always, I, I mean, even before I was playing music live and everything, you know, I played piano and really loved that. And so I always really loved music. So I feel like my aspirations kind of morphed, you know, um, like at one point I wanted to be a music teacher Hmm. and then I went through this like really weird opera Broadway phase and I wanted to be on Broadway and then I went through like a phase of wanting to be a traveling worship leader because that's what I thought Christians do and then I went like through a phase of wanting to be um I wanted, I went through a phase of wanting to be a music teacher, like a very prestigious professor. Um, and I think it was all a journey towards me just wanting to do my own music. You know, I think it was, uh, my younger self kind of evolving into, no, this is, what I'm made for, you know what I mean? And maybe at some point I'll teach, like I would love to mentor young artists, but I like, I really do believe that I'll always be writing songs and sharing them with people. Um, so yeah. And I think before I even thought about music as a career, I just told everyone I wanted to be a mom hmm. cause I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess I'll be a mom eventually, right? So that's what I want to do with my life. (laughs) It's interesting that all the things that you named as far as um, like music teacher and everything is very entertainment based and very not a, I guess, traditional job in the sense that, you know, parents in the way and obviously this is more like stereotypically what parents generally want is, you know, you to go to college and be, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, engineer or whatever. Um, was your family as supportive of you always kind of wanting to pursue a job in 
music or entertainment? And was that something that was accepted and okay? Um, yeah, you know, when I went to school for songwriting, I, uh, they didn't question me. I, I don't think that I've ever had, I don't think that they've ever blatantly said you should not do this. Um, but there definitely has been over time just a different level of understanding that's kind of been attained, you know? Like, I think that it's gone from um, kind of the verbiage and the wording that they've used to me made me feel like they thought it was just a hobby to uh, my dad wanting to help me set up Darity's LLC. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, I think that they've never been not supportive, but over time I've seen them really, like, do more and more to try and understand me, if that makes sense, and my passion and what I want to do with music and to find, like, value in it, which I think is honestly... I feel like it's really progressive of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Totally, like, yeah. I think that uh, they came from a very different generation. So I think that for me, w while there are times, there have been times of like crazy frustration because I'm just, I just feel like they didn't understand me or something. I've, that's evolved and they've been open and I feel like that's really a pretty incredible thing. So kudos to them, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that also plays a huge role in, I mean, the amount of discouragement that you may receive from parents who are super against it. That could almost be, I don't know, for some people I feel like it could be a major obstacle and for other people it could be, you know, inspiration or whatever. Um, for you, is that something that almost kind of, did that present itself in a way where you were given a green light to pursue this dream that you had and there were, you know, wasn't much, I guess, you know, retaliation or anything from your parents and did it feel like obstacles were presented in other ways and it was at least that initial hurdle of getting, you know, your parents' approval to pursue it wasn't there for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it has definitely made it easier for me to, uh, step forward in that, you know, um, I, I think that a lot of my battles with music are, and pursuing a career in music are purely internal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like, uh, wrestling with, do I want this, you know? Um, and it's, I think that they, there's a security and them not holding me back that has been really important. So yeah, I would say definitely. Awesome. Was that initial period of, um, out of the instruments that you play, I'm always curious as to like how that went initially to learn those instruments and, you know, the struggles associated with that or was it very you know, like a really fun experience and it wasn't too much of a struggle and you're able to devote time and energy to it? Um, 
I I remember being a very uh, neutral student. Like my grandma was my teacher and I only kind of liked to practice, which is not making me sound very good. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's true. I uh, I think I did well in piano because I wanted my grandma to be proud of me, at least as a young a youngster. Um, and then when I started playing guitar, it was because I thought that's what worship leaders did is they play guitar. Hmm. Um, and I think that even in college, I remember myself practicing just enough to pass. And I think that, I think the reason for that is, um, it's not that I, it's not that I'm lazy or that, uh, I am, I don't know, that I'm bad, you know, that I have a hard time learning things. I think what it is is it's just it's it's purely an instrument for me. Does that make sense? Like the piano isn't the passion. It's the using the piano to communicate with my lyrics that I'm passionate about. So it really wasn't until I started writing music that I cared to be exceptional at an instrument. Hmm. So, which is, I don't know, doesn't make me sound great, but it's the truth. <laughs> no, that, I mean, I think it would be way more disingenuine for you to say something that you know isn't the honest way of doing it it makes it more authentic to who you are as a musician and I think I don't know it's always interesting when I listen to music and then someone else listens to it and they comment on how they only listen to you know the instrumentals they don't listen to lyrics or they you know vice versa and for me I think the foundation of music has always been the lyrics and what the artist is trying to convey so I always listen for it and I think it's always really important. And as someone who doesn't necessarily play any instruments, I've never, I, you know, I appreciate it, but I think, you know, as someone who writes and who appreciates words and literature and everything, I think that's always super important for me. Um, I guess the general structure of you putting a song together, would you say you dedicate, not dedicate, but just the amount of time that you allocate to writing the song? You said you write the lyrics first and then kind of figure out, the instruments and everything after is it you know like 75 percent of time on your lyrics and then putting the progression and stuff together yeah so i i spend a very long time on lyrics um even part of it is uh i part of it for me is i think partially school you know like the initial writing of a song for me is that 20% and then the 80% is me like mulling over it and writing instruments, instrument parts to specifically get across the words. So yeah, I mean, everything for me naturally uh, goes kind of like uh, molds around the lyrics. It's definitely like, I see 
it as a skeleton. You know, if the lyrics and the melody and the writing isn't strong, then like it's not good enough. So yeah, I spend most of my time writing lyrics and then um, like playing live is a big thing for me in writing lyrics, mm. which has kind of evolved over time. I um, I play solo a lot and I love playing songs that are like only kind of finished um, live. And I, I enjoy doing that for a couple of reasons because I think that it's really interesting for me when I am in front of a group of people, what is coming out of my mouth, if it feels true or not, or if it feels right or not for what I'm trying to communicate, you know? Um, so that's also kind of a pro like part of my, uh, process as far as writing lyrics it goes is that I have a hard time calling a song done until I sing it in front of a group of people and it feels like something I can get behind if that makes sense like it's something that I can stand up in front of a group of people and sing and feel confident about what I'm communicating you know yeah totally I like that because it totally um, it connects to the initial period of you writing songs and sort of writing what you thought was you know supposed to be written or presented, and now you're putting stuff out there that you um, I don't know. It sounds like you're super proud of your work and you're putting it out there. And once you have that audience and people listening to it, it almost kind of I don't know a, a sense of you know validity in a way that it validates the fact that you put in so much you know work and time into a song and that your emotions are resonating with the big audience of people yeah and I think that um something that I have learned about myself through writing is that um the initial like skeleton that I write like me and my guitar piano I'm not really thinking about the outside world very much you know I'm it's a very like personal sacred space for me where I kind of just like shut everything out <laughs> so that I can kind of protect this space where I can you know process whatever I need to so I think that through playing songs live it also has helped me uh, kind of filter out the songs that I feel like are just for me, you know, and giving myself permission to be like, yeah, you know, I, I played that song in front of a group of people and I don't need to do that ever again. <laughs> hmm. You know what I mean? Not even because it's bad, but maybe it's just I don't know. I just get a sense that it's it's a song that belongs in my journal and not a song that uh, is going to be uh, something that I pursue actually producing, you know, um, which I found a lot of freedom in that. Like they, I have a lot of really good songs that no one's ever going to hear again because they're just for me. And I feel like that's 
that's important and I don't feel bad about it either. So hmm. that's super cool. I, um, I'm curious what your first, I guess, you know, your first show that you had and sort of the mindset and what you were going through and how that felt and everything with that. Um, my first show was opening up for a independent band called Cloverton. And I had a, I, it was my first show with also a band. So it wasn't all my, or like, it wasn't all just my original music. And, um, I remember just trying to get it over with. (laughs) to be honest with you. Uh, I was very nervous. I don't remember a whole lot of it. Um, But my first show being a solo artist was really cool for me Um, because I played all songs that I had written all by myself. And um, I was just in a coffee house you know nothing like wild but um and there was something really special about having company around me while I sing these songs that I at the time felt like were very honest and straightforward and like giving a part of myself to people um and I think that 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 is really that was really special. I remember feeling like, um, like I didn't walk off the stage thinking ah, I just sang a song that I don't really believe. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's that's really important to me as an artist. That like, even if I'm having like a down day or whatever, having confidence that what I'm, what I'm on my best day, I believe in what, I believe that what my songs are communicating is important in some way, you know? Yeah. Wow. Has, um, I don't know. I think the concept of, you know, depression and anxiety and something that is very real and is something that is sometimes very difficult for people to communicate and, um, for you as an artist who writes very honest and sometimes very vulnerable work, has that been something that the feedback that you've received from people has, how has that impacted you? And, you know, when people talk about how your songs, you know, affect them and allow them to be more honest with their own emotions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I have had, um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say like, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about in that song and it's really powerful. And they'll share a story with me about maybe a time when they were depressed or anxious and um, it, it means like, it means a lot to me that the songs can open up a doorway, even if that's not always what I intend. You know, I don't, I don't openly talk about, 
depression and, and anxiety from the stage. Um, not that I think there's anything wrong with that. I just, um, it's really important for me to not like, uh, it's really important to me that I kind of let the song speak for itself. Mm. Um, and, um, for me, I, I'm really careful about what I speak over myself. Like, uh, I don't want to make being depressed a part of my, like something that I actively talk about constantly in front of people. You know what I mean? Sure. And not because I, it's not like an honesty thing for me. It's more of like a, uh, I don't want to give power to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I like think counseling is great. And, uh, you know, I even think that like meds are totally okay and great and, um, everyone's kind of on their journey of working through different levels of depression, anxiety. Um, and I, I want to sing about those struggles as honestly as I can communicate. Um, but I also want to be someone who, uh, encourages like health you know, like fully, like your mind and your body and your soul, you know, so making sure that I, I never want to glorify that for myself, you know, um, and everyone handles that publicly in their own way. But for me, I just like, I want people to feel like they have space to feel what they need to and to work through that and to and I when people talk to me about it after the shows like I want to be honest and transparent for whatever the situation calls for obviously but um I also want people to feel empowered that they can get help and that that's like that is really incredible when someone decides to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I also have had situations where people t like I get off stage and I've, I've sang my normal set and most of my songs are generally like an adequate amount of sad, you know, just cause that's usually what I'm wrestling with when I'm writing these songs. Mm -hmm. But I've had a couple of times people come up, come up to me and say something like, you just have like such a glow and like an aura about you. And I have no idea why that is a thing. Mm. Um, but that's also encouraging to me that um, people aren't just like walking away from a show super sad, you know, that there is like that they're walking away feeling like someone came and was themselves and uh, has normal people problems and uh, is also 
someone who exudes hope in some way. So I don't know. But I think that's interesting. You get kind of, um, I don't know, it's proper that like someone has different interpretations of music, whether it's, you know, reading it a certain way. And I think when I try to interpret a song and sort of think of it in my own way of how I view it, it's always interesting to hear how someone else views that same song and kind of like the emotions that they feel about it. And in a way, sometimes it's always, I don't know, I like that you don't necessarily, you know, very much put it out there, like what the theme of the song is, what you want people to take away from it. Um, I think there's always a certain sense of mystique that's sort of taken away when an artist kind of explains a song and, you know, these interpretations that these people have created all of a sudden is gone because they're like, oh, no, that's wrong. That's not what the artist, you know, intended behind it. And there's always a weird fine line between wanting to know what the music is about, what the lyrics are about, what the artist was going through, you know, and then also just kind of letting it be what it is and allowing it to sort of just be your own version of what you think the song is. So <clears throat> I think that's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that it's really cool in a live show to have moments of vulnerability, but I kind of, I usually take that if I'm playing solo, I usually take that, uh, at, at a show by show basis. And if I'm singing with a band, it's usually obviously a little bit more planned because when you have a band, you have to plan things. Um, mm -hmm. But I always try to keep, I try to be very like specific when I do those, when I talk about what a song is about. And I figure if someone really wants to know, they can come and talk to me. You know what I mean? Like if someone really, and I've had people say that, like if people really, really want to know, a lot of times they'll ask you, probably not every time, but I've had a couple of people come, not just a couple. I've had a lot of people ask me what songs are about, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I guess I just don't feel the responsibility to tell them everything, you know? I think just even your demeanor on stage helps people get to know you, you know? Totally. So. Has, um, you know, as this period of time where obviously you can't do shows or anything. Um, and you said earlier that you like to take almost, you know, unfinished versions of, of songs and present them in a live format and play them and kind of see how it, you know, um, I don't know, just kind of how it plays out in the show. And that's sort of one of the main components that goes into your wanting to structure a song or put a song together and stuff. Mm -hmm. With that whole aspect um, kind of being taken out because of COVID and not being able to do shows, and I know you're working on music right now, has it been difficult to have such a major part of, you know, your music and songwriting, you know, structure taken out? Yeah, I really miss it, you know. Um, I've had to kind of lean on uh, sending people voice memos or demos and that's great. And that is, uh, a sort of camaraderie that 
is very um, kind of behind the scenes that, you know, I think people assume happens, but unless you're doing music, it doesn't always, that doesn't always happen. Um, but there's really just nothing like standing in front of a group of people and playing those songs. So I think that what I've had to do is just kind of rethink my process. You know what I mean? Mm. I think that it's just an opportunity for me to trust myself, you know, like, um, I, I think that it's a good exercise and just like trusting yourself and bringing in other artists into what you're doing and ask them what they think about it. Um, and I think that for me, that can actually be more scary. It can actually be more scary for me to send a, like a voice memo to someone who, uh, is someone in music that I really respect you know, mm. that can actually be harder and having to like reach out for feedback um, versus like it being a in the moment judgment call on my part. Um, not that I don't get feedback anyway, but I think having to be more active and asking people to be honest with me who are musicians and also who aren't musicians, you know, I mean, like pulling my brother into a room like into my room and being like hey what do you think about this and him being like I don't like that one weird sound you know and that's like that's that is the most feedback that I have you know so mm. I don't know I I believe I I know this is a quote I don't know who said this it's not mine but uh my songwriter teacher always said like m mastery comes within the limitations and that's pretty much always in the back of my head. So like when COVID hit um, with music, it was like, okay, you're officially until further notice limited in this way. So like, what are you going to do with it? You know? Hmm. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. It's given me a lot of time to just explore and I've been getting into more production stuff. Um and trying to kind of figure out what my sound is when I don't have my friends around. Uh, so that's been special, but yeah, I really miss live shows. It's a super bummer. <laughs> Definitely. So you just had, um, Bitterroot come out. That was in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess, um, what are your plans for this year? going forward as much as you know it is very unpredictable and it's really hard to make any sort of judgment calls or whatever but do you have intentions of sort of releasing more music yeah so um it was pretty convenient timing but I actually finished recording the last of four singles with uh, a friend here in Cincinnati like the week before the lockdown happened. Oh, wow. Um, so those four songs have just been like marinating in the cloud. Um, so now that I have some 
uh, more promotional stuff. I'm actually starting to move forward with releasing those and, uh, they're very, they're all very much their own thing. Uh, the Bitterroot record definitely has like a lot of prog rock vibes and, uh, these singles are a little bit more dream pop. Uh, they're, uh, the lyrics, the nature of the lyrics is pretty much, it's just me, you know? Um, but I asked two friends to help me kind of expound my boundaries as far as genre is and kind of, uh, let me be the artist and let them produce me, which I have never really had before. Um, so I'm really excited to release those. So the first one will come out in October and then they'll pretty much just roll out every eight weeks after that. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think we've got some works, we've got some ideas for some music videos in the works and, uh, I've pretty much decided that uh, touring is not going to happen until 2021. Mm -hmm. I just, I, yeah, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. So in the meantime, we're going to release these songs and then trying to work out plans for recording more soon, sooner than later. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but, you know, I just have all of the, all of these little songs that I've been working on while I have to stay at my house. So you might as well record them. And now that, uh, being able to be with people socially distanced is allowed, I can actually do that with confidence that I'm not going to endanger my band or their people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Well, that's really cool. It's super exciting. I'm, you know, looking forward to all that and, um, you know, I highly recommend all the listeners to check out Bitterroot. I think, you know, everything that you talked about as far as your honesty and, you know, the vulnerability and how you go into songwriting and music and everything. Um, I think it really does resonate in that album and it's really cool to, you know, listen to the album and then like have a conversation with you and ask you questions about sort of the foundation of it and how it sort of aligns so beautifully. And I think it's pretty amazing when that happens. And it's something that does show the authenticity of, you know, the artist and the music and what you're putting out. So I very much appreciate it. Um, anyway, well, I thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. If you want to listen to more of Darity's music and her newest single, Silver Spoon, you can head to Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, SoundCloud, wherever you get your music. You can follow us at The Double Life Pod, and you can follow Darity at D-A-R-I-T-Y Music on Instagram. See you next week. Adios.